All right. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. Welcome. You made it to 2019. There we are. It's a good place to be at the beginning of the year, gathered, worshiping together. My name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors here. Hello to everyone online or at our other campuses. It is, it is good for all of us to kind of join in and jump in in this new series. Uh, I've, I've shared some of this before, maybe you've heard me talk before, about a conversation I had with my dad, or my dad had with me when I was 12 years old. It was a strategic thing for him, part of this larger um, set of conversations that he had designed to have with all of his kids as they grew up. And I was the oldest, so I got the first crack at all of them. Uh, turns out I was probably the one that needed them the most. Anyway, uh, this one was precipitated by me breaking one of our house rules. And I, I don't remember which one it was, but I was serving a sentence in my room for a time, and uh, that would provide the setting for this conversation. Uh, and there was no big fight or anything. There was like tempers flaring or anything. I, I had um, broken trust, and I knew that. And so after some time alone in my room, my dad came in uh, to talk to me, and he had with him a piece of paper and a pencil. And he came, and he sat down on my desk chair, and I was on my bed, and he put the paper on the desk in front of us. And he began uh, by drawing a box on the piece of paper. And he said, uh, this is a boundary. Do you think you know what a boundary is? And I don't remember actually if I was the one that, that said the things or if he kind of said them for me, but we talked about things like uh, be home at the time that you say you'll be home. Uh, when you leave the house, make sure mom and dad always know where you are. You know, it's before cell phones. Uh, tell the truth. Do your homework before you go over to a friend's house. Things like that. So there's some parents probably leaning in right now think, I like where this is going, yeah. Uh, but let me stop here for a moment and just um, ask, what do, what do we really think of this concept so far? Do we actually like what's going on here? See, I'm not so sure. Because this, this is a box. And people don't really like to be boxed in. That seems too restrictive. And boundaries is a nice word, but, but really, all of the things that we're talking about, those, those sound a lot like rules. And, and rules, rules are no fun. Rules just sap the fun right out of life. So sure, we like the thought of getting a 12-year-old under our thumb, but I wonder, do we really like boundaries? Like when you get a direct word from your doctor or a subtle hint from your belt that it's time to set some boundaries in your diet, are we all ready to welcome that? Especially when it's as if our bodies are saying to us, oh, I know you used to operate in the wide open spaces of whatever you wanted to shove down your gullet, but now it's time to set some limits. Do we really like the idea of a, of a cell phone, a mobile phone signal? Are we so accepting of the idea that that could have limits, that there could conceivably be some place on this green earth or even 30,000 feet above it where I would not have access to a mobile uh, a phone call or a text message or the World Wide Web? Are we ready to accept that? Or if you are in a place where you have coverage, but there is some external force acting upon you, like in a classroom or a courtroom or a theater or a doctor's office, telling you to shut that thing down. Are we so happy to acquiesce? No, you're doing this one right here like nobody's looking. We, we, we live in a world where there's 24-hour stores and gyms and pharmacies and restaurants and gas stations. How could we ever tolerate the idea that something would be off limits, that, that something we want would not be accessible to us, would be beyond the bounds of what we could obtain. We've, we've trained ourselves to introduce boundary or introduce limits with an apology. Sorry, uh, this part of the park closes at five. Sorry, this uh, exhibit is closed for the season. We apologize, this ride is closed for maintenance, without which it would break and everyone on it would die. Sorry for the inconvenience. 
you got to be kidding me. This, this lane is blocked off. This room is off limits. This register is closed. This one is open, but there's a limit to only 12 items that you can check out in it. Oh, sure, there's a boundary here. I would never try to put more in there than, than the 12, right? You wouldn't do that either, no. But would you try to fit more into your schedule than what can be done in a day? Would you ever try to take on a project that is beyond the bounds of your expertise or ability? How accepting are you of the limitations that come with an aging body? And kids, you don't know nothing about that yet, but how, uh, how uh, are you with your school rules or your house rules? You'd tolerate all those without complaining? What, what, about, uh, what about relational boundaries? Like uh, prioritizing the most important ones. And, and keeping appropriate limits on, you know, things like time spent and closeness and conversation topics and money given in a relationship. Willingly abide within all of those. And speaking of money, uh, how comfy are you with your financial limits? You know, happily operating within your means? And if we're going to talk about money, we might as well just ask about sex. I mean, uh, the common wisdom would say that sex is, should be this limitless, free, open thing for our lives. But further reflection... Godly reflection, often day after reflection, would push for limits here. Are, are you ready to embrace any boundaries around your sexual experiences? What do we really think of boundaries? There's a book by that title, Boundaries. It's written by uh, Henry Cloud and, and John Townsend. You might pick it up on Amazon. I, it, it'll inform some of the stuff that we talk about in this series. I'd recommend it to you. It's a good first of the year book. A good, like, help me kind of bring some order to my life sort of book. Uh, how can I make life and relationships work right kind of book. Reflect some teaching from God's Word and might be a helpful guide to you. In addition to the kinds of things that we want to allow God to speak to us in our gathered time together here on the weekend. I hope that God does indeed speak. I hope that His message gets through to all of us uh, and meets us wherever we are. And I bet it's going to have something to do with boundaries. I do think, I just want to warn us, though, help us be aware, it could be hard for that message uh, to be heard, right? Because of our natural disposition toward the concept of limits. We're going to be bumping up against some of our appetites, our desires for more. We kind of are all hardwired to always want more, to always want to reach beyond the bounds of where we are or what we have. Like, like a kid, bumping up against that bedtime boundary. Oh, can I, just a few more minutes, just a few more minutes. Come on, mommy, please, please, please. No. Appetites, appetites just go. Right? We, we want it all, and, and we want it now. Those impulses are threatened by the presence of any kind of boundaries. And, and then we, we've, got some, uh, we've got some ruts that we're in that we're very accustomed to re- relationally. Some, uh, some grooves and well-worn paths that our relationships follow, and they've just been going that way for a long time. Like you, like you just keep giving in. You don't want to, but then she plays the guilt card, and then you give in. You just are always in that rut. Or you tell him you need more help at home, and then he overreacts, and then you get scared that he's going to leave, so you stuff your feelings, and nothing ever changes. You just keep going that same way all of the time. Or you just gave him money. And now he's asking for more. You just bailed her out, and now she's in trouble again. When when you go down these paths over and over again, it's hard to unlearn things and uh, adopt new ways of relating to one another within boundaries. And if all of that didn't make it hard enough, 
I think we've got to be honest that, that talking about boundaries has great potential to make us feel guilty. Because to the extent that a boundary is a rule, we just know how many times we've broken the rules. If a boundary is something that draws a line between what is good and bad, what is right and wrong, what is healthy and what is destructive, we just know how much of our lives have been lived on the other side of that line. And so that, that induces guilt. And that old tactic where, you know, the preacher starts railing and loading on the guilt just to try to make you change. That maybe worked in days gone by and maybe works for some of you still, but most of us would just not have that. We'd rather steer clear of any talk about boundaries or any, any kind of suggestion that we might be doing it wrong. So, so let's, uh, let's do better than that. Uh, because, you know, all, all of that is like, arg. You didn't get that? You didn't get that? No. <laughs> we're not going to take a guilt trip. And we're not going to go down the same path we always go down. And we're not going to take a trip on a party bus and just let our appetites run wild. We're, we're in search of boundaries. Because to the extent that boundaries do help us grab hold of what is good and right and healthy, that's something worth pursuing. So we're going to start to see if we can find that today. If you've got a Bible, uh, you can take it out, open to the book of, uh, of Deuteronomy. That's in the Old Testament, all right? It's the fifth book of the Bible, not very far in. If you've got an old-fashioned paper one like this, all right, about in Deuteronomy, right there will be in the first few chapters of that. Uh, read it or read it off your phone if you want to. I'm going to read it off my notes here. Uh, what, what my dad was doing in that conversation with me, and we'll get back to that in a moment, is what God was doing with his people in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, 12, 12 years old is kind of a hinge point in life, right? Like uh, between elementary school, little kid land, and uh, swinging open into teenager on the way to becoming adult world, right? Well, uh, God's people find themselves in a, in a sort of hinge moment in the book of Deuteronomy, right? So, so go with me now and understand some of the movement of the story that the Bible tells. Um, what is, let's see, see if you know here, what is like the most monumental event for God's people, Israel? It's told very early in the Bible. It's referred to again and again throughout the Bible. When Jesus was killed, it was during the commemoration of this event. What is it? Louder. Yes, the Exodus, the Passover, which was, was commemorating the Exodus. Okay, there's a book in the Bible called Exodus, Exodus, Escape from Egypt. God's people were slaves in Egypt. They had nothing, no future, no land to call their own. They were being oppressed and mistreated under the boot of the powerful Egyptian empire. And from there, they cried out to their God, and God saved them and led them to, to this incredible escape uh, in miraculous fashion. And who is like the most celebrated leader of Israel's history that's right at the center of all this? Moses, yes. Charlton Heston, or... or. Christian Bale or someone, someone like them. Moses leads them all out of Egypt and toward the land that God had promised to give them. This is like the formative event for God's people. In fact, you could say it's like when they became God's people, God gave them new birth, new life, and they start writing this new chapter in their lives. So from this escape uh, from Egypt, they embark on this journey toward the promised land. It's up away from Egypt in modern-day Israel. You might know that part of the world if you watch the news enough. Uh, they're birthed out of Egypt, and then they have a lot of growing up to do. They wander in the wilderness for, for several years, and they have to learn how to trust God. And uh, by learning, I mean 
they don't try very hard at all most of the time. They're stubborn and rebellious and entitled and whiny and impulsive. Nothing, nothing like any of you. You don't know nothing about that, no. Uh, but, but God is, is patient with them. And eventually they get up to the edge of the promised land and even uh, start to occupy the eastern regions of it. So this, this is where we're at in the book of Deuteronomy. And from those eastern hills, they can look out and see the land that God is giving them. And you, you realize, wow, you, you start to see how far they have come from, from having nothing, no power, no land, nothing. And now on the brink of entering into this whole new reality uh, of being an established nation and a developed people, you sense how important this is. For between everything that we have been through and all that we've learned to everything that God has meant for us to be. That's where God speaks the message of Deuteronomy. Now, my life uh, leading up to 12 years old wasn't quite as dramatic as an escape from slavery and pilgrimage through the wilderness. Uh, we moved to Iowa, not exactly the promised land, but um, nevertheless, I was at a hinge point uh, at that day when my dad came into my room uh, to talk to me. And, uh, and here is how the rest of that conversation unfolded. So, so, so you understand what a boundary is. And you know that these boundaries are, are set in place because we love you. And we want your life to be blessed. Uh, we, we hope that you can experience everything and be everything that you were created to be. And so, over the next few years, it's going to be important for your boundaries to grow. I want your boundaries to get bigger, my dad says. And I, I want you to have more freedom. In fact, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. You're going to be 18, and it'll be time for you to leave this house, and I plan to erase the boundaries completely. From that point on, the only boundaries that you'll have will be the ones that you set up. So between now and the time that you leave for college, uh, or whatever you're going to do next, it's going to be important that we expand your boundaries. Here's how that happens. I want you to go anywhere you want inside the boundaries. Have a great time. Live it up. Enjoy life. And if you stay within the boundaries, I promise that I will expand them. They will get bigger and you will have more and more freedom. But if you choose to live outside the boundaries, then I promise you that I will shrink them down quickly and your life will get narrower. You will have to operate with less freedoms than what we desire for you for a time until we believe we can trust you again and start to expand the boundaries from there. And that's the message that, that I took with me into my teenage years. I understood it. It was simple and, and clear. I knew the rules. And it was consistent with how I had been led by my parents to that point. It, it sounded like something my dad would say. And, and that's probably, in that immediate moment, that's probably about all that I took away. I mean, I'm 13, it's like, or I'm 12. Uh, it's like, uh, can I leave my room now? Uh, <laughs> but from... The vantage point I have now, I, I can see a lot more that, that's going on there. This wasn't, this wasn't just signing off on some code of conduct. I was being given a gift. In this sterile piece of paper, this, this black and white drug, this wasn't meant to, to restrict and shut down. Rather, I was being given life and freedom. Like in a a soft, swampy land, water just seeps and sits and stagnates. But with firm boundaries and established uh, uh, limits, water can flow in a river with energy and power and momentum. 
A work of art, a painting has to have its borders established so that creativity can be unleashed and beauty can find expression within a context. How can an artist ever capture a vision for her art if the the boundaries, the borders of that vision are just never defined? Boundary lines, goal lines, rules all give meaning to an activity where men run around in tight pants and helmets and crash into each other. Those parameters uh, create a game and drama and intrigue and excitement, and it makes a lot of money. Otherwise, there would, football would not be a thing, and nobody would care about the Ravens. <gasps> a, a, a budget, even if austere, creates sharpness and purpose and focus and innovation that wouldn't exist without the presence of limits. Everywhere you look, if you have eyes to see it, we discover boundaries enhance life. When appropriately set, they grant freedom and generate creativity and bring fullness and vitality. When appropriately set, they help a teenager become a mature human. Like like a map and knowing the directions, having that sets you free from the anxiety of getting lost. It provides some bearings so that you can move forward confidently. Not not everything's dictated. There's freedom within them. I'm not a robot. But within them, there, there can be learning and growth and trying and failing and trying again within the realm of what's good and healthy. Having boundaries appropriately set, I found freedom because I wasn't forced to be burdened with any more than what I was ready for. I was given permission to, to be 13. Uh, a teenager that doesn't have any boundaries is forced to grow up immediately and make adult decisions, which they're unlikely to do very wisely. Uh, seemingly free to do whatever they want, they're saddled with responsibility and choices that are too heavy to carry. Just like a three-year-old shouldn't have to decide whether or not to run out into the road or what time they should go to bed, those decisions should be made for them. A 13-year-old shouldn't have to decide whether or not pursuing an education is a worthwhile life goal or whether having sex is an honorable and wise thing to do or how much media intake is healthy. Those decisions should be made for them so they can be set free to experience the fullness of life. Boundaries, when appropriately set, help a nation understand their identity and calling and discover who the life that they were meant for. That's what God is doing in the book of Deuteronomy to go back there now. We have some trouble, I think, uh, sometimes in the Old Testament, and in particular with things like Deuteronomy, because I, I, I think in church sometimes we have a lot of ideas floating around and we, and we jumble them all up together. We, we think things like the Bible is just a book of rules, outdated ones at that. We hear Old Testament and we think that's just the law. We think the law is a bad thing. We see it in contrast with grace. One is restrictive and one is freeing. So you layer all that stuff together. It makes it pretty difficult to get a favorable view of something like Deuteronomy, which means second law. But none of that helps us see that what God is doing in the book of Deuteronomy with his people is giving them a gift. Do you think you know what a boundary is? Let me help you understand, God says. These Ten Commandments should be pretty definitive for you. Those are in Deuteronomy chapter 5. They will will tell you to prioritize me. Learn my ways. 
and to act honorably and justly and lovingly in your relationships with other people. Yes, curb your impulses at this outer limit. And within that, live freely and live confidently. You, you want to know how to live. You want wisdom and to understand how life works best, right? And in your relationships, don't you want them to be strong and, and good and healthy as opposed to painful and awkward? You, you want to know what it means to be truly human, right? Well, because I love you, God says, I have provided the answers to everything that you are looking for within boundaries. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws. Oh, that's, that's a way too Bible word. Okay, Hear the boundaries. Hear the boundaries that I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live. And you're going to go in and take possession of this land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving to you. Observe the boundaries carefully. And doing so, that's going to show that you're wise. It's going to show you have wisdom and understanding. All the nations are going to see that. They're going to hear about all of these boundaries and say, this is a great nation. Look at how wise they are. See, this is an understanding people. What other nation have you heard of would be so great to have their gods so near to them? To be able to talk to them, just like the Lord is near to us when we pray to Him. What other nation is so great as to have such righteous boundaries as this body of laws as I'm setting before you today? What, what a unique gift this is. What, what a privilege that, that our God is, is sharing with us. Wisdom and freedom and life. That's, that's what God wants for His people. Nothing about this is meant to uh, shut down or diminish or restrict. Rather, it's to give you the fullness of life. That's what, that's what God says. You go to the end of, of the book of Deuteronomy. After laying it all out there in Deuteronomy chapter 30, he says, look, what I'm commanding you today, this is not too difficult for you. It's not beyond your reach. I, I see you. I, I'm aware of where you're at. Like a father setting age-appropriate boundaries for a child. And this is what I am offering. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that, that you may live and your children may live and, and we might have something great, that you would love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life. Choose life. That's what God is offering life. It's found within these limits. Uh, I'm not going to guilt you into it. Yes, it will uh, have you curb your appetites. Yes, you will have to learn new ways of relating to people, but I'm not boxing you in. Just like the banks give energy to the river and the borders inspire creativity in the art and the rules give meaning to the game, the boundaries I have set for you give blessing and length and strength to your life. Choose life. In the weeks ahead, we're going to uh, talk very specifically about what it looks like to make that choice in, in several different arenas of our life. I hope you'll be back for that as we lead through that. And if we're going to get the most out of it, I, I think that's going to require us to anchor ourselves to one more a truth that is inherent in, in my dad's conversation with me and in the book of Deuteronomy. And when my dad talked to me that day, it wasn't just about, you know, that was good talk. 
he was initiating uh, a process, um, establishing a, like a way of being, a way of relating to one another, almost like some terms of engagement for which this father-son relationship was going to, to work out in the years ahead. A, a covenant, really, if I could use that term. That's the word that God uses for his relationship with us. And, and as I said, I didn't see it clearly then, but I now recognize it in the boundaries I was being given a gift. But what I did see then, at least somewhat, and what was proved to me throughout years of working this process, though, was I could trust the boundary setter. Now, my dad, he is, after all, he is the one uh, establishing this framework in which we will relate to one another. He is the one drawing the outer limit. He is the one making the determination on what is good and right and acceptable and appropriate and honorable, what is, what, what those things are and what they are not. So as I'm trying to attain those things, all of those good and healthy things, and figure out where I can find wisdom and trying to live with integrity, all of that is judged based upon his standards. So he better have integrity. He better be good. He better be wise. Now sure, we know what happens if my integrity falters, the boundaries shrink, and then we start to build them out again. But if his integrity is suspect, the whole thing falls apart. It, it just, it, it doesn't work. I better be able to trust him as the creator of this covenant. His ways better be right. There better be life within these limits. Now, I grew up hearing my dad say, I love you, and I'm proud of you, all the time. He was respectful, and I respected him. And he did prove to be true to his word over time. I watched him set boundaries and expand boundaries and shrink them down and forgive and trust and give second chances again. And so, moving on from age 12, when it was fitting to call up an image of boundaries again, like when it came to dating and, and sexual boundaries, or setting limits on uh, sports activities and extracurricular stuff, uh, or establishing curfews, not that there was never a fuss, but ultimately I knew I could trust the boundary setter. And that is precisely what the Bible wants us to know about God. It's about trust today. That's a good thing to be thinking about as you start a year. Who do you trust? This is about trust first. That's going to determine whether or not you get anything out of the rest of this series. Who do you trust? Yes, there's plenty of stuff in the Bible. Uh, it's in Deuteronomy, it's in Jesus' teaching. It's all over the place. We're told what the boundaries are. But none of that matters if we can't trust who is setting the boundaries. And the Bible, Deuteronomy in particular, is desperate to give us a clear picture of who this God is so that when we're trying to figure out how to make life work, all right, we got to get control of our appetites and fix our relationships and manage our schedules and settle our home. And Dr. Phil seems to be saying to do it this way, and Google returns a million and 47 opinions, and our friends at work and at school are sure that they've got our lives figured out. We might be able to know who can really speak with authority and clarity and integrity and lead us to the life that is truly life. All throughout Deuteronomy, God is saying to his people, 
it's me. I am the God who, do you, you remember the impossible escape from Egypt? Who made that happen? Day after day, year after year, in the wilderness land, who provided for you? I'm sure you remember your pride and stubbornness and how you cheated on me with other gods who aren't even gods. Do you remember who continued to take you back and forgive you and rehabilitate you and is patient with you? And now here we are, it says in Deuteronomy, the Lord your God is the one who carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until we got to this place. This is how God speaks to his people because he wants them to know who he is. It's how he speaks to us as a loving parent speaks to their child. And I know all of us didn't have that, but hear these words from God today. They're not just ancient words for somebody. They're, they're They're words for us. And if they're unfamiliar to you or you don't know who God is, well, then make that commitment. Don't don't just learn his rules. Get to know him. Make that a priority in 2019. Commit to to being here. When the church gathers to worship and and, uh, experience the story of God's word and discover who God is, be here. Make that commitment. You did it already, day one. Good job. Join a group. Do Rooted. Read the Bible in a year. All throughout, you're going to discover a God who keeps saying to you, I am the God who, proving himself. See, he had to do that with his people in Deuteronomy. Now, they had lots of choices about who they could trust. All the lands that they traveled through, there was some different God, some different uh, superstition, some different fad. I mean, we got the same stuff going on. We wouldn't call it idolatry. We wouldn't call it that that we have different gods. But I mean, we, we... whether it's destiny or karma or fate or uh, some kind of superstition or a horoscope or all of our malnourished conceptions of who God is as a Santa Claus or a genie or some good luck charm or our favorite political candidate or our rejection of the idea of God altogether and elevation of ourselves. You can trust any of those ideas to give life meaning and purpose and, and to make it worth living. You can trust any of those ideas to give you boundaries that are wise and fit to govern life. But all the while, the God of the Scriptures is going to be there trying to get your attention in order to say, I am the God who made you and loves you. I am the God who hears you and is close to you. I am the God who forgives you and restores you. I am the God who leads you into the future and the God who has been faithful to you in the past. I am the God who respects your ability to forsake me, but who will never forsake you. I am good. I am wise. I am powerful. That's who God is. If you're going to get anything out of the rest of this series, you're going to have to learn to trust him. Because we've got some things that we're going to have to do. Some of us, 2019 is going to have to be about saying no. Or we're going to have to find a way to say the right yes. We're going to have to let those words be a boundary in our life. It's going to work. Some of us are trying to figure out our relationships. We're going to have to learn how to forgive and how to love, even when that love has to be tough. 
We're trying to get order in our home. Some of us just need the wisdom of knowing what is a good boundary and where do I put it? This is going to go into the depths uh, uh, spiritually, too. It's going to require repentance as we recognize where boundaries are and where we are relative to those boundaries. We're trying to get margin. We're trying to relieve stress to figure out how do we manage life. We're going to have to address something with our appetites. If we're going to have any hope of doing that, you got to know who this God is and you got to trust him. You need to know that the same God who called his people out of the doldrums of slavery and led them into a new life, who did the same thing again with his people and rescued them from exile after they had trampled all of his boundaries and rebuilt them, is the same God who raised Jesus from the dead and restored us all, is the same God who plants his spirit in each one of us. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is planted in each one of us so that we can live with faith and power and conviction and freedom and wisdom. That God is saying to each one of us, limit yourself to me and I will open up life to you. So it's the beginning of 2019. Your plans, your resolutions, your hopes and dreams, the path that you're on, your agenda, your relationships, your appetites, your decisions, where do you need to set some boundaries? And who are you trusting to put them in the right place. Let's pray together. God, we are so grateful for who you are. We are so grateful to have your word, which guides and instructs and heals and gives us hope and helps us know how our life works. It helps us find wisdom and it helps us see you. I pray that we'd be able to see you today. We'd be able to understand your grace and your love toward us. We come to you as people knowing We've messed up. We've crossed boundaries. We don't like to live within limits, but God, show us the goodness and the grace and the freedom of your limits. Help us to see even today. Maybe today even is a hinge point for us. We, we know where we've been. We maybe don't know where we're going, but lead us to the place where you want us to go, into the realm uh, that, that you have defined. And use this moment, moment to help us uh, put our trust in you. We say that you are good and wise and powerful. You're a good father. We give you our praise today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just encourage you to stand with us if you're able and sing and respond in these moments.